Um, mums? Y- yes, dear? There's something I need to tell you. Uh, what is it, dear? Anything? Well, I'm not straight. Okay. Well, neither are we, so that's... Yeah, yeah that's, that's, you know... Absolutely, you know, what, we what, absolutely what, love you just as you are. Yeah, what what, what flavour of not straight? Is that a thing you, you know? I haven't really decided, but definitely not straight. Also, I'm trans. Yep, that is, that is okay. That is good, yeah. Um, I just, I, I really want to tell people about my week. You want to tell people about your week? Yeah, you know, what I've played and watched and listened to. Oh, and, oh. Do you want to do skits and talk in silly voices as well? Yes. We somewhat suspected. And we absolutely support you as a queer and pleasant stranger. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do silly voices and skits and probably make it a short one this week because one of us has a very poorly throat. I feel like hot garbage. Yeah, so uh, Jane, Jane will all be resting that voice as best possible and we're going to do skits yeah. that don't destroy our throats because... Vocal problems are great when you do podcasts. Uh, I remember losing my voice once back in the day when I did, I think, like six podcasts a week. Yikes. It was not a fun time. No, I can imagine. I lost I lost the, the instrument of my career. In- indeed. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, I used to lose my voice about twice a year. Yeah. Which was a problem because I used to work like in a call centre, mm. so... There was a lot of need to do talkings, yeah, and not really any way around it. I can imagine so. But other than the the, the voice, how are you doing this week? Um, apart from that, I'm okay, I guess. Yeah, it's been quite a nice week we've yeah, had. It has been. We went and saw a friend we've not seen in uh, in quite some time, and had a we nice. Yeah, uh, we went all the way to Brazil. Yeah, we had a nice chit chatty weekend. And um, bumped into someone we knew. We bumped into someone we knew. Um. We, I, I wore a t-shirt for a band, and then the next day I saw a sticker for that band in a pub we were in, and was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh heck, we, them! Hit that Mad Apple Circus. Yeah. That we have talked about on here before. I believe we have talked about on them on here before, that They're ska really band from Brizzle. Uh, Bristol, for anyone who doesn't know the, the shorthand. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we get into what we've played this week? Yeah, what what have you played this week? Uh, there's one main thing I've been playing this week. Mm-hmm. I finished my first playthrough of the story mode for Astral Chain. Oh heck! Um, that is a heckin' video game. Um, in platinum fashion, it definitely um escalates quite dramatically toward the end in terms of its plot. Um, mechanically, it has some interesting escalation to its combat mechanics in the same sort of way as um. For anyone who has played and completed Devil May Cry 5, and, it, and you know, you've got your main set of combat mechanics, and then suddenly they give you the thing that suddenly changes everything and is really fucking anime and cool. It, it does a little bit of that. Um, I have some minor complaints about it. Um, my main ones being, I, while I love the fact that you can choose the gender of your character and customise their look... I really wish they were a character with a set name and voice acting. 
it's kind of weird them being a silent protagonist with no canon name who um, basically has to have their twin talk for them in cutscenes. It's a little bit like... It's not enough of a... It's not a deal-breaker in any sense, but it's just, like, a bit disappointing and something I wish was different. And the... Also, you have to be a cop, which is... Well, you have to be a cop, dot, dot, dot. Most of the going and stopping crimes is completely optional and does not affect your end of mission ranking. So you can just go, like, oh, that's just a kid doing... Doing... I, I don't know. That's a kid that dropped litter and they're telling you to arrest him. You can just ignore that and walk away, and there is zero penalty for doing that. Um, oh, no, don't drop litter. Oh, no, don't drop litter. Um, I spent most of that game just picking up litter and throwing it in trash cans and feeling so good about what I did for my community. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're a cop in name, but like you can remove most of the cop branding from most of the stuff in the game and be like, I am basically a vigilante that is like... Technically affiliated with the police, but they're not going to be... I'm not going to get in any trouble if I watch a crime happen and go, eh, not going to do anything about that. I might stop a mugging or someone that's, you know, threatening to stab someone. But, you know, some some kid that's bra- done breaking and entering, I'll just leave you be. Um, so did you get a chance to go back to those axe doors that were near the beginning of the game, or did you have to... Is, is that for a second playthrough? Um, so it's either for a second playthrough, or at any time you can go to the PC in the, the base of operations and basically go, I want to replay just this level and maybe just this bit of this level. Mm-hmm. You can load up a specific bit of a specific level and go get all the things that you didn't have the tools to do before. Um, I've already found a bunch of, like extra, like, bosses and combat rooms, and, um, I found some extra kitty cats by doing that. Kitty cats. Kitty cats! I have so many good kitty cats in this game. Um, hidden around all the levels are little kitty cats that you can take back to a little secret kitty cat hideout. Um, oh, uh, what was, um, there, there was one that I found that was called, like, Nightshade or something, and it was this pure black oh. cat. It was so adorable. I got one called Momo, and, um, I got one called Mia, and I got so many good kitty cats. This ten out of ten best game. Ten out of ten best game. Um, and the... how are your interdimensional poke slaves? Um, this this is one thing that like, I want to talk like non spoilery about this game. Like, one of my lingering complaints about this game is that there are questions that they raise in a sort of Chekhov's gun style. Like, we introduced this in Act One because presumably there'll be a payoff in Act Three. And then they don't really do the payoff in Act 3, and it feels like they are holding the resolution to some plot threads for a sequel that they probably hope they'll get to make, because it feels like they want this to be a series. Or DLC. Um, maybe? There, there doesn't... If there's DLC, they've not said anything about it, but, um... Yeah, I... They touch lightly on the whole thing that they introduce at the very start of the game of, hey, these things really fucking do not like being chained, do you? Um, and there is, there is some hinting at, like, the direction that plot goes, but I feel like they didn't want to resolve that in case they got a second game. And that's, that's a bit of a shame, but, like, they don't shut the door on resolving that, and they definitely, they definitely imply that your protagonist is probably the route to finding a resolution to that problem, um, and sort of goes down that route. Um, so yeah, like, it's, it's plot doesn't, resolve some things I wish it would resolve that would have been interesting things, but, like, all of these little complaints, I really don't care, because 
it is a flashy, over-the-top, big anime game that does all the cool anime moments, and it feels really fucking cool to play, and by the point I'm at at the end of the game, where I've fully upgraded most of the, um, the upgrade trees, I, th this is, for people who've played the start of this game and gone, eh, this is, this is a bit easy, it's not really Platinum Games, uh, combat, is it? Oh no, by the end of this game it is fully Platinum Games, uh, so many fucking combat options at all times, and it feels really fucking satisfying to switch between them all. Uh, super flashy combat. It Playing the game, I constantly keep going, oh my god, I feel like such a badass. And sometimes that's all you need out of a game is... Definitely. Yeah, 30 hours of, I'm gonna go around and solve mysteries and collect kitty cats and be a fucking anime badass that summons cool swords to like float around my person while I'm covered in shields and then fucking punch interdimensional gods into space or whatever. It's it's very platinum games. Yeah, I mean, if Hyrule Warriors had cats in it, I would just that'd be perfect game then. Yeah, this yeah that that's a thing. So I finished the story mode. I'm currently going through a bunch of difficult combat challenge arenas. Um, I've gone back and played like the first like four hours or so, four hours or so of the game with all my new stuff I have on the same standard difficulty, and I'm getting mainly S ranks and A ranks on missions, which is good. Like I'm getting like overall mission clears of S rank, A rank. So I'm like I'm definitely improving, and if I can get my second playthrough like. A rank-ish on average throughout the whole playthrough, I'll be like, maybe I'm ready to try this on hard mode. Because this is the first time I've really gotten into a Platinum Games combat system and gone, I fucking want to stick with this. So I'm very excited and I'm having a good time. Um, What about you? What have you been playing? Um, I played some I Expect You to Die. Yeah, that's a VR sort of James Bond room escape game. Yeah, lots of room escape stuff. Um, in a sort of like yeah, like like you say, like um, what's it? Mi six. Yeah, think. yeah. Um, yeah, just like you're a, a spy, you've got a uh, an evil organization, and and you have to sort of thwart some of their plans. So, are you stuck in a car in a plane, and the plane is having loads of poison gas launched into it, and and you've got to get out of the car? Is yeah. that a thing that's happening? Are you stuck in a diving bell that is got holes in it and is about to explode, and there's grenades everywhere, and it's run out of fuel, and you're running out of oxygen, and is everything really shit? Um, yeah, it's it's all of those things and more. Yeah, and you have to sort of work out a little, little bit of problem solving. Uh, maybe put yourself in just a little bit of danger to try and get a bit further to solve the mission. Uh, maybe get some information and 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 survive. Mm. Um, it's frustrating as fuck because it feels very much like trial and error. So it's a case of like, okay, first time, like, right, what do I need to do? Uh, well, I I need to get the window open and. In the, like, in the car. Locked in the car. Need to get the window open. Couldn't work out to do. I was like, if I smash the window, can I solve the thing quickly enough? Mm. No, you can Because <laughs> if you shoot the window out, you've got about eight seconds before you die. <laughs> um, so, like, working out what you can do before you have to open the window. Um, what other solutions there are. Um, working out that the, the, that actually is the, the, the window thing. Mm. Um... Finding where you can get a, a screwdriver from safely, 
whether or not you need the gun or not. Because yeah. obviously there's lots of random props. There's always lots of money lying around. It's like, don't really need that, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the window washing one, the second level, was quite fun. Like, okay, I've got to work through this. I've got to mix these things together. I've got to try and get these things. Exploring like people's lockers to get like information about how various chemicals mix together. Yeah. Um, but like, there were a good few times when it was like, okay, I've worked out that I need to do this, this, and this. But then, like, the next thing along means you've got to do the whole first section again. Mm. And you couldn't have predicted it. You couldn't have known anything about it. Yeah, there's the game could do with better checkpointing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it just feels like this is just like I'm speedrunning the first bit that I know. Yeah. And then, like, desperately trying to work out what next. I I, I've played this a few times before, and I think I, I maybe it's luck, or maybe it's just I happened to to get guess the right solutions uh, with fewer attempts. I found it less frustrating than you did, mm. but I can I can totally see, like the few times I have died, I can totally see why having to replay a whole level would be frustrating. Um, with this kind of game, it feels like a lot of retreading things that like. I've demonstrated I know how to do up to this sort of change of objective. Yeah. And some of it is uh, just control issues. Like, um, there was the the one where you're doing the window washing. Yeah. At the end, it starts launching a missile. Yes. And you've got to uh, melt through some chains using a particular chemical, rip off the panels so that you can get into the device, take the lid off the thing once you've melted the chains, and then put a thing into the the container hmm. so it's getting that far and then going actually i need to make two of these uh um, yeah. potions for for getting rid of the, the the copper chain because i need one here and I, i'm definitely gonna need one at the end and i might as well make that rather than trying to fanny about at the last minute yeah so it's having that foreknowledge of knowing what i need to do there later on there was the fact that on at least two occasions, because I was struggling with the controls, I couldn't get the uh, anti-virus yeah. into the into the thing it needed to do to make it be not dangerous to the world. Yeah, like at one point, I accidentally put it down right on the lip of the thing. Yeah, um, and it was just like I just sit here now, and then it managed to take off without smashing it into yeah. itself. It was frustrating, having it, got like the four or five yeah. minutes through the thing to I, that point a couple of times just to go, I'm fighting the controls. I totally understand that. Um, I will say, as someone that um, on previous VR systems has gotten a bit further into the game, like my main takeaway for me is that I I really enjoy it as a set piece for like, I... All of the, all of the challenges are you are sat in a chair of some kind... Mm. What can you do from here to survive? And yeah. I feel like the, the the overall game is really creative with its uses of space. Yeah. It comes up with really interesting ideas of how to put you into those scenarios that I think really do feel very sort of James Bond spy filmish. Like yeah. it, it does a good job of conveying you are spy trapped in this situation, mm -hmm. and when you get that that successful playthrough where you do it right. It it does feel really cool. Yeah, I I just wish there were better checkpointing because yes. I agree with you. Like I, it's not a game that I would play all of the missions back to back in a big long sitting. I would probably do two or three levels, take a break, yeah. come back another time, do a couple it's, more levels. It's dessert. 
Yeah. It's 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 not a sit and do a uh mammoth three hour session of it. Yeah. It's okay, I'm 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 gonna take ten minutes and, and try this level a couple I, of times. I feel it's one of those like I feel like doing some room escape. I'm gonna do one level and then put it away for for the night. Yeah. And just every now and then, am I feeling that? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, but like I, I'm definitely glad that it's a game that I have access to. Like I, mm. I, I enjoy it, but I can understand where its points of frustration are. Mm-hmm. What about you? you got any other plays? Uh, I haven't done a huge amount, but I have started playing through Celeste uh, Chapter Nine, the new uh, DLC content for Celeste. Um, I think we've talk- probably talked about Celeste on this podcast before. It is a side-scrolling. Um, platformer game about a girl called Madeline trying to climb to the top of a mountain. And Celeste. It's called Celeste. Celeste is the mountain. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so trying to climb to the top of Mount Celeste and this girl Madeline is basically trying to prove to herself that she can do a thing and wrestling with some mental health stuff that's going on and the very difficult climb up the mountain is, this is not really a spoiler, it's kind of the whole point of the game, is a big old metaphor for the difficulty of overcoming big mental health challenges, and it's a really sweet game, and it's got lots of really good um, accessibility options if you're struggling to get through it. Um, things like giving you extra jumps, giving you invincibility against uh, things that hit you, uh, slowing down the game speed by percentages so that you can just have more time to work out what you're doing. Um, like, lots of, like, tweakable little things to make the game, like, just a little bit easier and then you can make it more difficult when it's like, okay, got through the thing that was frustrating me, let's keep going. Um, the new DLC content, real fucking tough. Um, it is definitely designed for people who beat the game, and then beat the difficult bonus content after the uh, credits roll, and still wanted more. Um, I, I, I'm not afraid to say I've turned on the accessibility stuff once or twice already, just to go like, oh, it's just, let's just help me get through through this. Usually the just like turn down time like 10% so that I have slightly more room to manoeuvre. Um, and I want to talk about a thing that's in this, uh, the, this DLC. Um, it's not put, it's not confirmed like this is explicitly it, but, um, Madeline has on her computer desk a little, uh, rainbow flag and a trans flag, and there is a picture of her on her night table where she looks considerably less femme as a child, and she has a little bottle of pills next to her bed, and it certainly seems like they're hinting that Madeline might be trans and, um, and gay, and... As one of my, the protagonist of one of my favourite games, who also has blue hair sometimes. It you. It me. Oops. Oops, I'm in Celeste now. You're main character in oh Celeste. no, I have the main character of Celeste. Guess I've got to go climb a mountain now. And face your evil self. Yeah, I've got to go fight Dora. I've got to go fight Dora Lake Kale while climbing a mountain in order to gain the power to jump more times. Run, Dora, run. She's coming for you. (laughs) For your jumping powers. No, no. Dora is not evil. (laughs) Dora is not evil. Dora. So there's a third you. Yeah, there's there's me, there's Dora, and then there's evil Dora. Uh, It's a completely separate entity. I see. (laughs) Um, So I need to put more time into that, but... I'm enjoying having more Celeste content, and I don't, I don't care if there's no official word. That's confirmation enough for me. That seems pretty confirmed. That seems fine. I mean, or either that, or power ally, and has mental, has um, 
has um, mood stabilizers or In- antidepressants. Wh- whatever the reading is, I'm 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 all there for Madeline. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally Madeline is me. You. <laughs> I was uh, watching the uh, Game Maker's Toolkit uh, episode about Celeste the other day, talking yeah. about all the special moves and and how that was put together and their sort of design philosophy. Uh, that was really interesting. Yeah, it's... for a game I haven't played. Yeah, it's real interesting. <laughs> um, what about you? Well, we uh, we played some things together. What did we play together? We played a bit of Cards Against Humanity. Oh yes, um, with especially Doctor Deck. Yeah, I, I have been slowly pulling various <laughs> cards out of there uh, over time, and it makes it a, a, a still fun and and less shitty experience. Indeed, uh, as we talked about at the time when we were playing it, um, the creators themselves have gone, "Hey, there's certain cards we probably shouldn't have put in there that were crossing lines that they've taken out for future reissues, like." Yeah. There's a lot of people who go, oh, I shouldn't play Cards Against Humanity if you can't handle it. It's like, no, we can, you know, be rude and vulgar and whatnot, yeah, but... We can have fun without yeah. being cunts. You know, that's, we can take out the ones where it's like, oh no, that is just being really fucking mean to an individual specific person. Or a dead or, person. Yeah, a dead person. Or is just, like, needlessly racist, or, yeah. you know. That's, a, that's the thing. We've taken out a lot that we're like, ah, we personally don't find this funny. Yeah. And it it's still a, there is still plenty in there to have fun with. Plus, we we played it with the I think honestly the best house rule you can play this game with if you've got like all the cards is just let people just whenever. let people fucking like throw away their cards and draw new hands with zero penalty because never yeah as often as they when other as much as they like don't don't stress about it. Like, don't make them throw away their black cards to do it. The whole point of the game is to get people laughing and having fun. If they don't think they've got anything they can make people laugh with, don't make them sit there like that. Yeah. Like, let people throw cards away and draw new ones so that they can keep making the group laugh. Yeah. It's the whole point of the game. Indeed. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Um, yeah. Uh, no. I've I've got the Twin Peaks expansion pack, but I've never put it in because I've never played with a group that I think would appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we also played some more Pirate Flux. Aye. Uh, we played it with a larger group this time. Um, many, many pirate voices were had. Um, so- someone pointed out that Pirate Flux is basically fancy snap. I mean, they've got a point. It's it's snap where the rules keep changing and, and gold keeps might changing. Need more than one thing to snap at. Yeah, but it. It's kind of fancy, complicated pirate snap, and um, yeah, I I still love how easy to pick up that game is, and how the cards all just fucking explain what they do. And it's the first time we've played in a group of more than two. Yeah, and it definitely scales up nicely. It does certainly does, and and I I feel like the the amount it can change by the time it gets back to you is is quite a big thing, which leads to sort of thinking about how you play very differently. Yeah, I definitely want to play more in groups of more than two. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played anything else this week? I think you played with some twisty things. I certainly did play with some twisty things. I got two new cubes. Uh, uh, Cube-shape-ish things. Uh, which, which is the one that has the triangle turny corners? Okay, so I have a red cube. Which is a corner turning puzzle rather than a face turning puzzle like the the Rubik's cube. Um, so you will turn a corner and it will turn the three pieces adjacent to it. Mm. Um, and it's sort of three blocks by three blocks, but as it's corner turning, it moves very very differently. 
And mm. um, you've been having some fun with that. Is that the one that I keep getting down to like, there yeah. are three pieces left I need to get in the right position. Yeah, you really seem to struggle with that middle layer. Yeah, I'm, I can get like the top and bottom layers and down to like three pieces on the middle layer and I will get there. Yeah, you will. I've, I've almost, I've almost got it. Yeah, you do. Um, but yeah, that it's 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 a thing to get your head around it moving on different axes. Yeah, it's very much about pairing, and I yeah. think because I've recently been doing um like learning C fop F two L um for a standard three by three, that's really helped with look at what you're putting together and how you're moving that. Yeah. Um, while putting things in, because like uh, I think I feel like a lot of the problems you have is because you're only looking at specifically the piece you're. Um, moving at that time rather than going well actually I can do this uh, this way and it will put that in in such a way that it won't yeah. cause an and, issue for something and that's else perhaps just a problem of the, the way that I've learned to do a Rubik's Cube the yes. sort of layer by layer is I am piece by piece moving everything Yes, and that's a headset that it's taking me a minute to, to shift yep. but I'll get there um, but yeah if you can do something like uh, Pyraminx it's very much that sort of um uh, intuitive solve style yeah. without without you telling me anything i got most of the way through yeah, solving that you had cube. only three bits out position yeah i got i got down to those final three bits without any help so yeah, you did. like it, it is fairly intuitive yes definitely um, um and the other one is a, a z3 cube uh which isn't really a cube i guess uh, it's um it's it's got three sides like a d3 um it's based on the old penrose cube but it's it's now a mass produced one by moyu um and uh so it will have it's really hard to explain if you've um, seen a d3 it's like a d3 in that it has sort of curved edges on on some of what would be ordinarily an edge um, but it, it basically means that you have a red side a white side and a blue side rather than six yeah. individual faces i i would describe it best as imagine your standard three by three rubik's cube except that uh, two of the adjacent colours are a single colour and it sort of um, becomes a smooth edge to make them into one side. Yeah, so they're curved rather yeah. than um, cornered. Well, uh, you've got cornered edges, but you've also got curves. So there are two corner, uh, two uh, three colour corner edges, mm. um, but mo most of the other edges are either two colours, uh, as you would get on a normal Rubik's Cube, um, and also you get a thing where you will have three identical pieces um, yeah, it, and is it? Luckily, it doesn't matter where they go, so it does make it a bit of an easier solve. But sometimes it's just going. I don't understand what goes here. Yeah, I need um, to put more time into that one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's got those sort of nice, um, sort of. They, I guess, they're sort of centers because they only have one side on them, but they are very definitely sort of edge and corner pieces. It's interesting, and I very much, uh, uh, I very much like that one. It, it's fun to mess about with, but I can only solve it layer by layer. I can't do CFOP on it because matching the shapes is really difficult. Yeah. What about you? Have you got any others? Uh, that's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. <laughs> well, the the nights are starting to draw in. It's really really starting to get a little bit of a chill in the air. I noticed the heating came on automatically the other day, which yeah. is the first time in a while. Um, Goodness. Is, is it getting to that time of year again? Yeah, are you wearing a jumper? Oh, yeah, just a, you know, cosy little <clears throat> jumper with a cute pumpkin on it. Yeah, and um, I'm noticing there's a sort of familiar 
comforting, wholesome smell. The pumpkin spice, yeah. Yeah, and is that a... What is that a litre bottle of uh, fake blood? Yes, that is a litre of fake blood. Why do you ask? I do, well, ah, I see. It's spook massive, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've just realised that some of the house decorations are starting to make their way out into the front garden. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's getting that time of year. Oh, well. Mer- Mer- Merry Spookmas. <laughs> Agent J, I'm glad you've come in for this meeting. We need to get you on an urgent mission straight away. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Uh, do you do you have it in you to go take on this uh, this, this task? Sneak in, infiltrate the building. And did you get me on because I am the stealthiest, most adept at disguise? No. But I can blend in in any society. I'm capable of speaking so many different languages. No. Um. It was more the fact that you lost your voice, and that means you're going to be best adept to whisper when we needed to whisper to Agent P over there. But I get a gun, right? Yes, you get a gun. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what have you put in your eyes this week? In my eyes? Yeah. In my eyes. Well, I put something in my eyes that made things come out of my eyes. Yeah. We watched the Steven Universe movie. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit spoilery about this at the end of the show, but um, spoiler-free thoughts, what did you think of the Steven Universe movie? It's a very good musical. Yeah, I did not expect it to be like a proper full-on musical, like music every couple of minutes. I, I think I'd heard that it was going to be a musical like, about a month or so ago, so I was expecting it, yeah. but I think they did a very good job of it. Um, I think that they did a good job with the time skip... From the pre- from the seasons like last episode of like moving the world forward, developing where the characters had gone in a nice, easy to understand way, um, basically showing that the sort of happy conclusion at the end of the season, you know, didn't mean the work was over. Hmm. Um, I think I think it did a good job of resetting the world a little bit. So if they do another series, it has somewhere new to start from. There are things to do in the world, and the universe is a big place. Yeah. Even if the Stephen universe is a small individual. And I very much thought the villain was very well handled, the sort of antagonist, I guess. I think we should leave most of the rest of that for for the thing. Yeah, there is is, is a figure. There is an antagonist. There is an antagonist, and I think they're really good. And we'll leave. Interesting. Yeah. After the the Don't uh, Be a Stranger at the end of the show, we'll do a bit of spoiler chat. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Um, I've watched loads more Shut Up and Sit Down, which unfortunately means that I have a much bigger list of board games I'd like to play at some point. Yeah? Any particular ones that have come up that you you want to talk about? Uh, Gloomhaven. Oh. I don't think I'll ever own a copy because it's like 168 quid. <laughs> uh, but it looks like a really fun board game with a lot going on. Um, Concordia? was one of the games yeah um it's a a sort of a euro game about trading in the mediterranean during roman times Mm -hmm. um and it's uh, i very much enjoyed um what i saw of that i would i would it's it's on my list of of things to get uh terraforming mars which is about well terraforming mars that's unsurprisingly forbidden island Mm mm-hmm which is, uh, I believe it's from the same people as Pandemic. 
Oh. Um, and it uses a lot of the sort of pandemic mechanics, but slightly reskinned. And basically, your island is sinking uh, throughout the game. So you have to sort of fight that back while while trying to do all the things. Very much in the way of you're fighting back the the the, the rise of, of the virus outbreaks in, in Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, is that everything on that one for you? That's all those ones. That's fair. Um, I only watched one other thing this week. I went and rewatched the first Matrix film. Because uh, I've not done that in a while. Same. And... Um, I I am writing an article about it. Um, I look for- out for that. I sci-fi. <laughs> I forgot that that movie's like two and a half hours long. Really, I'd have yeah. put it at like eighty to a hundred minutes. Yeah, minutes. I thought it was one of those films that like barely got over the hour mark. Um, but no, it's a lengthy film. Um, it doesn't feel it though. It, no. It's kind of like Avengers Endgame in that, like, it's a long movie that does not feel as long as it is. It's very snappy with its pacing. Yeah, um, that helps. Also, and I won't dive too deep into this because of the whole point of that article that I'm writing. Um, that film not only is very trans, but is more trans than I remember it being, which is unsurprisingly a film from a, a pair of trans creators. I don't remember um, it being trans at all, so I'd be in, interested to see exactly how trans it is on watching it, it again at some uh, point. I, I will tell you a couple of things right here and now. The opening line of text in the movie, the first thing you see, yeah. uh, is a line of text where the second word is trans, um, that also bookends the end of the movie. Um, there is a line that includes the word trans that bookends the very start and finish of the film. Wow. Yeah, right? Uh, I think it's call trans OPT is like the first three words on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, maybe that's nothing, but, um, (laughs) when, when you start going, "Mm, how trans is this film? You go, hang on a second, what have you bookended this film with? Secret trans agenda. In, indeed. Um, heck. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of that. Um, I I went back and rethought about that theory just because uh, you know Lana Wachowski is directing the Matrix Four, which is in the works now, and it's like first big Hollywood blockbuster film from an out trans person. Um, that's going to be a thing. I wonder if the studios will push back against things that she wanted to do in the original Matrix movie, such as... Uh, Switch. Yeah, Switch. Switch was originally going to be played by two different uh, people in and out of the Matrix, and was going to be a canon trans character, until the studio were like, eh, no. Uh, let's see if we can get some of that back in there. Go on, go on, Lana. They won't stop you now. Do it. <laughs> do it, you cowards. Um, so yeah, that, that, that film, like... It has its weird cheesy moments and stuff, but like there's still a lot to love about its like that the surface level reading of that film is still quite relevant in that it's basically um anti-capitalist cyberpunk where it's like, hey, stop conforming to what society tells you to be and just fucking be yourself. Um, that is the most powerful thing you can do, and it fucking terrorizes the people in power. Um oh, yeah. yeah, like that is a, that that is at its core what cyberpunk is as a genre. Like, that is some good cyberpunk right there. Definitely. Uh, have you put anything else in your eyes? Um, yeah, there's a new unraveled from that Brian David Gilbert. Oh, he's he's that good boy who does in depth silly videos. And this this new one is about calculating your pet's HP. I'm very curious to find out Smudge's HP. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and study Smudge in a prolonged study. Yeah. Uh, in in a ghillie suit. But, um, 
uh, it was fun. Um, and also the first YouTube video I've watched in VR. Oh yeah, you watched it on a big... I watched it on a huge screen in front of me that was also tiny screens very, very close to my eyes. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was, I, it was a new experience. I very yeah. much enjoyed it. Um, it's it's weird watching something in in that high resolution only a little bit away from you. It's yeah, yeah it's very strange. Um, yeah. But also the fact that I was contemplating Smudge's HP while she came and sat on me <laughs> in a theatre that I could not see her in. Yeah, it's it's quite something. Um, I'm really excited for the next time I have to take like a long haul flight to be like. I could just I could just download some YouTube videos and be like, forget the rest of the, this plane full of people I don't want to be around. I'm in a space theatre. <laughs> yeah, uh, New Unraveled. It's as always uh, very funny. Yeah, very good. He's he's good at doing the funnies. <laughs> and you read a comic this week as well. I did. You bought me a comic book. Yeah. Um, the the new um, Adventure Zone Balance. Uh, Murder on the Royal Pork Limited. How is it? It's as chonky as the first one, possibly <laughs> more chonkier. Uh, the artwork's absolutely fantastic. Um, the the bits they've changed are very suitable, um, and I'm very excited. I've, I've recently been listening through Balance again. I am very excited to see what they do with the rest of it. Yeah, I. Ooh, I am emotionally dreading the uh, the suffering game becoming a comic. Mm. I don't know that my heart can take that. Mm. Although I think pedal pe- pedals to the metal will probably be quite a quick one. Although yeah. the like episode wise, it dragged on. Like I feel like you could do a lot of the like the race really quickly. Yeah, you require a lot less talking to show the the yeah to present stuff. Yeah. Um, do they do credit to our beautiful boy Angus MacDonald? Of course. How could you? I think, like, I feel like that was something they absolutely had to get right, and they knew that, because there's been a lot of talk in the last sort of year or so, sort of people going, we need to see Ango, give us our Ango, we've got to see that good, good boy. Yeah, like, hmm. People were already a little hesitant around Blue Taco. Like, if if they hadn't got Angus McDonald right, like, I think that would have been a turn-off for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. Angus is the precious baby that's like, if you get nothing else right, you've got to get Anger right. That's, I think they did a very good job of Anger. Yeah. I'm excited um, to have a look at that at some point. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's all downstairs. Also, the... Um... Like, the fan art section in the back. Yeah. Uh, because, obviously, it's not, like, a released episode-by-episode comic. Yeah. It's just comic books. So in that section, you would usually get in a comic book of, here's all the cover art for, Mm. like, the alternate covers and stuff. Um, It was nice to see, like, that they've got sort of, like, fan art bits in there. Mm. And and I guess they're liaising with some people within the fan community for some of that art, because um, obviously, I think in the original, they were just using like D terms so they yeah. mentioned um never winter mm. and i think uh the city's actually called ever summer in yeah in uh in this so it there and there is some art of that uh mm. or mentioning that in in that those bits there's some great art in there i mean um carrie peach does great art for the for the book in general yeah um it's 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 a good and and good value book because yeah. they're they're really thick tomes, like um, yeah. the 
the the first episode uh, Here Be Goblins was as well. It's a good few hours of yeah, solid reading. Definitely. I mean, it took me like a, a week of reading on and off at, at lunchtime dur- uh, during work hours. Yeah. Um, like so that was also a weird thing. Like listening to uh, Adventure Zone Balance. I'm. I think I've got about. I got to the Suffering Game. Yeah. And they started mentioning, hey, we're doing a, a, a comic book of Hit Me Goblins. Yeah. It's weird, like, wow, that took a really long time to um, get going. Well, books in general take a really long time, even if you, even if you can make the book really fast, mm. it then takes a long time to come out. But, like, a comic of that level of quality is, like, so much work to make it exist in the first place. I'd be and, interested to know how much yeah. more they've done already because obviously they knocked out like Here Be Goblins was last year wasn't it? Yeah. So they've then knocked out uh, Murder on the Rockport Limited already. I feel I, like considering the fact that they were talking about this two, three years possibly more yeah. ago that they've probably done a my, lot more work. My, than... my suspicion is as soon as the the pre-order sales for, um, for Here There Be Goblins were good enough to go, oh, this is going to be a success. Oh. They probably went, okay, just start making just go, the next carry, one. work. Yeah, like, <laughs> once once it was, like, financially viable, this will probably sell well enough. Yeah, just and they, they were right, because didn't they get, like, New York Times bestsellers uh, both, of, both of theirs, uh, both volumes so far have, have been New, New York Times bestsellers. Which is really unusual for a comic book. Yeah. Um, it, it made speci- I, I To be specific, I think it was within some subcategory. I don't think it was overall, but... I think it's good enough for me. Oh, yeah, no. It, they sold real fucking good. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, have you put anything else in your eyes? I think that's it. Well then, time for this. <gasps> Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor! <laughs> Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is ASMR Audiobooks. Oh, is it now? That's correct. This week's sponsor is ASMR Audiobooks, your favourite Dramatic fantasy novels, spoken in a soft, gentle voice, so as not to scare you too much when the dragons pop out. We whisper the story into you so gently, it tingles down your spine. It chuck tingles down your spine and pounds you in the butt. So head over to asmraudiobooks.lol.net and get 15% of your first ASMR audiobook. They've even had me guest read one. Oh. And hopefully you'll enjoy that. It's a raunchy little story about a couple of barbarians getting it on with a gaggle of orcs. It all gets very, very sexual. <clears throat> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, 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 hi. You're uh, sounding a little quieter today than uh, usual. You're all right there. Yeah, you could say I was uh, wrangling with my voice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just to say I've shouted myself a little hoarse. Oh no, have you been shouting to the interns too much? I mean, is there well, such okay. a thing as too much? Okay, when have you been the shouting interns? at them without the proper, uh, you know, aftercare for your throat that's uh, important for making sure you can keep shouting at them? Yeah. Uh, that does seem to be the case. Uh, and, uh, how, how has this panned out? You know, presumably, you know, dropping productivity, you know, they're all, you know, not getting motivated properly. Well, that's the weird thing, actually. I found that, uh, staff morale has gone up and productivity has increased along with it. 
I mean, the only person that really seems to be sad about this is me, because I don't get to shout at the interns. Wait, wait. You shouted at them less and gave them less of a, lo- a hostile work environment. And... I mean, I glared at them. I walk, walked through and glared yeah, at them. Yeah, but you, you stopped shouting and. Yeah. They did more better work. I did marginally less throwing things at people as well. Are you sure you're. You need to go home for a rest, because you throwing things less than usual is a sign you're unwell. I'm definitely unwell. Okay, well. Let's pretend this whole rise in productivity thing never happened, because if the bigwigs upstairs heard about it, we'd stop being allowed to shout at the interns, and what would we even do with our day if not shout at the interns? There are bigger wigs than us. I, I, I there are bigger wigs than us. I know, I know. There are the, the investors. Ooh. Oh, the money people. The money yeah. people, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. how about you go home, and I'll shred all the evidence of the increased productivity. You're a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears this week? Not a huge amount, to be honest. Same, which is probably good for your voice. Probably. <laughs> um, I've listened to days and days and days of that anime girl doing her homework. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can I just say, I fucking love the tweet where it's just an image of that uh, <laughs> live stream, and it's like, if you know who this girl is... You're either you're either hard at work or depressed. <laughs> it's like why not both? Why not both? Um, the one I the the tweet I saw the other day was um, just like a like a pole. Yeah. And it was um, on one side. It's like sort of four four pole high versus like just little sliver of a pole on the other side. And it was um, the lo-fi hip hop anime girl. Um, to sort of who had the bigger influence, the lo-fi, lo-fi hip-hop uh, anime girl or the Beatles? <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone knows anime girl who does study. I think just the fact that the chat in there is so constant, like it's, every time you log in, it's weirdly fascinating. If you've ever stopped to just read that, I've never chat. read it. Like I just because I'm not there to read the chat. I'm no. there to just have no. something on in the background I, while I work. I, but I catch it out of the corner of my eye of it just sort of ticking past. I occasionally will stop and read it because it's just this weird microcosm of like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just tune in at some point and just watch for like five minutes. Okay. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, Is there like a whole little lo-fi hip-hop anime? <laughs> there's like, there's, there's, there's a community in there. There are people who like are waiting for specific chats. They're like, oh, I know, I know, I know this... I, I know the many, many, many hours of this live stream. I know what... Oh, that's going to come up in a second. Okay. Uh, there's people who... Looped. <laughs> uh, there are people who will talk in, like, uh, non-English languages, and people will be like, don't know what you're saying, but I hope you're having a good day. It's it's this weird little community. They sound very positive. They, they seem... Maybe I've just tuned in at the right time. <laughs> They've seemed positive when I've tuned in, if a little scattered. Um... Yeah. Aren't we all just a little scattered? Yeah. Uh, have you put anything else in your ears? Uh, one other thing. I listened to the new um, John Double O Fleming. Or one of the newer John Double O Fleming mixes. Um, so it's uh, Global Trance Grooves on SoundCloud, uh, number 173. Uh, about an hour in there is a guest mix by Visua. Uh, V-I-S-U-A. Um, it's really nice uh, sort of psytrance. Um, quite floaty, quite melodic. It's uh, yeah, it's a very nice mix that I very much enjoyed as we were heading back from Brizzle. Yay! Um, the only thing I've really listened to this week is I've been re-listening to some of the Adventure Zone Amnesty, Ooh. and 
The only real observation I had I kind of wanted to talk about was, um, and it's a thing that I'm always curious about with D&D, is how much you, mm, as a DM, where is the line on t- implying to your players that they need to do something that you know if they do, they will have negative consequences for later? Um, and to be, you know, uh, uh, to talk a little bit about Adventure Zone Amnesty, there is this whole thing where very early on, um, lots and lots of the NPCs that uh, the party interact with go, do not ever fucking tell anyone about our existence. Mm. And then later in the campaign, the players are very much punished for not having told anyone in the town about their existence. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing to think about, because obviously as, how do I put this? As a player in a D&D campaign, when your DM suggests something and seems like they're making it very important, you don't necessarily want to go directly against their plan because it's you don't want to sandbag. You don't want to sandbag a campaign and completely go, nope, don't want to do what you're pointing me at, no. And so there's a certain degree, particularly with podcasting D&D, of assuming that what your DM tells you to do is, you know probably the right way, like, you should probably listen to them. Um, yeah. Also, I would argue with Amnesty, like, that all makes sense for their characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying this is a, this is a flaw or anything, but it's just something I was, I was thinking about, is this idea of the N, like, the NPCs that the DM controls going, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, it's gonna fucking ruin everything if you tell anyone. And then later, the same DM going, you didn't tell us, we're not going to help you because you didn't tell us. I'm like, I don't know. It's an interesting line for a DM to walk that I just find, I find fascinating watching examples of that. Yeah. Um, Just deliberately putting people on a path that's going to make life harder for them. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. I've been on the other end of a thing like, like that. Um, In Dice Funk, uh, what was it? Season five. Um, the DM pointed me at, ah, go go speak to this person, Um, he's asking you to smuggle something, and I was like, ah, fine, it, it, I don't want to cut this plot thread off right here, because then it, it feels like I'm just shutting off a character that the DM's going with, so I went for it. And there were negative consequences for my character, and, like, initially, I, there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, have I, have I been a bad, pl-? like, you know, have I done something wrong by accepting that thing that's having negative consequences for the other characters? I'm like, eh, no. I, I did what was most narratively interesting. I did the thing that's going to have consequences. Consequences are interesting. They made a friend. Yeah, and ultimately it, it led somewhere. Like, that's the thing. Usually letting the DM steer you into something that will go wrong usually leads to more interesting stuff because D&D is not interesting if you have no adversity. So, like, yeah, the, the sort of back and forth between player and DM of... How much is it okay to steer slash be steered into deliberate adversity for your character? It's just a thing I was thinking about, and I don't have any observations to any conclusions to draw. But I was thinking about that this week. Interesting. I think that's everything we've listened to. Oh goodness. Well then, time for this. So you have come to me to reach the other side. Um, yes, I, um... You wish to speak to someone who has passed over? Yeah, I'm... Cross my palm with silver. There you go. 
This will do excellently. Who is it you are seeking to speak with? Um, well, it's one of my employees. Um, or ex-employees, I guess. What was their name? Um, Paul. <clears throat> yes, Paul is coming through. Who's that? Uh, it's it's me, Steve, uh, from work. Oh, right, Steve, uh, yeah, what's, what's, what's that, mate? Um, um, I, I don't think I'm going to be in today. <laughs> well, um, that, here's the thing. Um, I know that you, um, you know, you say you can't make your shift, but um, you will need to find someone to cover your shift or your soul will be placed into a, col- a clay golem and forced to work the outstanding shifts until a replacement is hired. Uh, you will not be paid for this due to the running costs of the golem and the blood ritual required to put you in, so, um, do you know anyone you can get to cover your shift? Um, I suppose if, if, like, Danny's having a shower, I could write messages in the, in the mirror, give me a second on the steam. Oh, he's, he's, he's moving away from me, he's, he's moving away. Yeah, I don't think Danny's going to be in either. I seem to have scared him to death. Uh, sorry about that. Well, um, you will then be responsible for Danny's hours as well if you've caused Danny to not be able to come in. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's going to have to be the golem. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, bloody contract, eh? Oh, do you think being dead you get some peace? So when are we going on this mission to save the world, then? Well, you know, finding time to get an adventure together is, uh, you know, a little bit challenging, you know. I thought we could do this weekend, but Alice, the known barbarian's uh, got a friend's wedding. Yeah, and then the week after that, I think Dave the Furball Cleric and uh, Sam the Old Warlock, uh, they're... Oh, no, two weekends after that, because they're away on holiday. Uh, yeah, can, can we do the, the following the following Saturday? What, what what do you reckon, Pat? Could we do the following Saturday? Uh, you can do a one-shot on the 15th if you fancy. This isn't going to get Guile away overthrown, is it? How oh, about next month? Oh, I've got family oh, visiting. I've got a quest with another party. <sighs> oh, maybe one day we'll get an adventure together. Questions, I'm um, have questions. What's the question? You don't have to do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just... I didn't want tonal whiplash to occur. I see. That's a different show. Listen <laughs> to that. It's very good. There was a new episode up today. Heck. Um, Tricky, we'd like to know, uh, Laura. Yeah? I like the Switch and its portfolio, but handheld mode is kind of wasted on me. If Nintendo's new device ends up being a console, how likely will it be that I can still play the indies and Breath of the Wild on it? Uh, always been a PC gamer, I'm clueless how Nintendo handles compatibility. Um, what, so next time they make a console? I guess. Yeah, um, okay. So, here's the thing. Nintendo have been really weird with backwards compatibility. Um, Up until this generation with the Switch, they didn't really have online accounts, which meant that they didn't really have a centralised place for you to log in and go, hey, I want to download my games from pre- from the previous generation. Um, Nintendo mm, have been weirdly hesitant about, like, a virtual console back catalogue and things, like, bringing them forward. Um, they've not been known for making it easy to de- to get your old games on their new stuff. Um, I think if there was a generational leap where that might happen, it's probably going to be this one. Um, most consoles, including the Switch, have now moved to a very PC-like architecture, which means that whatever Nintendo makes next 
will probably there probably won't be difficulties backwards emulating software like if it runs on switch it will probably run on the next thing just fine if you know nintendo lets it do so um again the prevalence of digital downloads will probably make it easier for you to get backwards compatibility of games on the next console one would hope um Honestly, considering the success of the Switch and the fact that Nintendo really seems to be trying to consolidate its handheld and console stuff into one library, I would on a bit honestly be surprised if we didn't see the Switch continue to be the model for consoles for Nintendo Switch going too. forward. Yeah, like, I, I think Nintendo was kind of smart in that they consolidated their hardware, their software developments, um, groups for both handheld games and console games into one big set of studios. They were like, why split our games across two things? Make one thing that has twice as many games, and that seems to have really worked for them. So, I think whatever Nintendo make next will probably still be a handheld, that you probably won't use handheld mode on, that's fine. Uh, you'll probably still be able to play it on your TV, and... In terms of hardware, there will be no reason why it wouldn't be able to play all your old games. It's just a question of, will Nintendo utilise the online accounts that they have and that, you know, Or will they do what sense? they've done with every generation that's had a virtual console and go, no, you're buying it again, fuckers. Well, ish. Um, you sort of didn't have to do that with the Wii U in that you could transfer the contents of your Wii onto your Wii U's Wii mode. So you could bring those things forward, sort of. Um, but yeah, I... I never know what to expect out of Nintendo in that they never do the, the expected thing of the industry. So I would like to believe you'd be able to move all your stuff forward to the Switch 2, but we'll find out. That lovely Larry Yelling man uh, says, I can't stop thinking about Steven Universe. Uh, Y'all just fused. But you didn't do it with a, uh, a dance. How did it happen and how much property damage was involved? Uh, um, Aggressive fingering Yeah I was gonna say Whatever it was that made us fuse was probably very gay Very gay Probably some rope involved Maybe um, Yeah yeah. You know we're just having a good time together And oops we fused Rope claws yeah. <laughs> Maybe a flogger or two Who Yeah knows? and then suddenly like oh We are now one How, how, how do mm. Just finger ourselves I mean <laughs> There, yeah, there are worse ways to spend a day, In, or, or even several days, <laughs> months, even. Um, Maggie J Evans, uh, how do you feel about the latest round of VR games? Uh, how how do you feel the latest round of VR games has panned out? Um. I think that VR is in this weird space right now where it doesn't know whether it wants to... Well, it, it doesn't know whether room scale or um, seated experiences are going to be the the standard. Um, I think there's some weird discrepancy around that. Um, the fact that not everyone has that kind of space is yeah. probably a big issue. Yeah, there. I, I think uh, in terms of recently released VR games that I could think of that um, have done interesting things... Um, Trova Saves the Universe, which is similar to um, Astrobot in that it's one of those games where it's a 3D platformer where you've got, the controller exists in the game and you can see it in real space wherever it is in relation to your face, and it's used to do things in the world. Like, I think games like that definitely are proving they have a future. I think stuff like, yeah, uh, Moss, Astrobot, uh, Trova Saves the Universe 
are just easy cells that work for most VR setups. Um, I think some of the most interesting stuff is stuff like Beat Saber, like um, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, stuff that feels like it could only be in VR. Mm. Um, I'm really glad that we're seeing more stuff like that, more stuff that... Uh, virtual virtual reality stuff that does fully lean into this is a VR thing. Let's let's go all in on it. Um, I honestly think that VR is gonna be stuck in this slightly spotty place until we get something like the Oculus Quest at sub one hundred and fifty pound, like a standalone VR headset uh, under one hundred and fifty pound that supports room scale if you've got it or seated. If not. Like, that's when we will start seeing lots of VR software. Yeah. Uh, until then, there's lots of individual good bits of software, but, like, it's it's not reliably releasing. Mm. Thoughts? Um, I mean, I agree with you about the price, because I, I sat down and wrote my Oculus Quest review today, and honestly, I, like, if if you're someone like me who has... Uh, less money, then it is probably a bit of a hard sell to go. Here's four or five hundred quid down for a, a thing that is pretty specific. Whereas yeah. you could spend that money on a PS4 Pro or an mm. Xbox One X, or mo- most of the way to an Xbox yeah. One X, and have access to a much bigger library, especially once you get pay for the online subscription services. Well, this is what I said in my review: was I was like, I. It's not that the price inherently is a problem. I spent about 400 quid on a PS4 at launch. Um, you know, that's, that is new top-of-the-line gaming hardware territory, but the problem is the PS4, I was like confident, would have four or five years of regularly releasing AAA, big, story-driven, like, engage yourself for lots and lots of hours kind of games. Like, there was lots and lots of shit to play over time, and there was stuff to look forward to. There was good communication about what was coming down the line. The big sticking point is £400 is a lot to ask for something that you don't know will have that future. Exactly. Like, if once every two months Oculus did an Oculus Quest Direct and were like, here's what's coming and here's when it's coming and, like, got me excited about the future of that platform. Yeah, and that they were bringing indies in and things like that. If if there was more to it and, like, there was a more clear vision for the future, yeah. as it is, it's like, this is a really nice little gadget that you can introduce people to VR with, you can take it around with you. Um, like, like, if you want to show it to friends who've never had VR before, it's easy to just stick in a bag and take it around a friend's house. Yeah. The lack of cables is really nice. Um, coming from, like, PSVR... There is cables up the wazoo for that, yeah. and they obviously add extra weight on top of that. Mm. You put on top of that the fact that you also then need like headphones. Yeah. If you want to make the like directional sound pretty decent, you've got issues of overheating then because yeah. so much of your head is encased. Yeah, like I'm. We have it, and I'm gonna love having it in the house. Yeah. But like, again, if we haven't got it free. Yeah, like I. I think 400 quid is a tough sell with its current available library and the current level of communication about the future of the platform. Yeah. Um, also, like, we couldn't, we've yet to find a, a um, non Euclidean geometry space to exist in, so zero out of ten. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I hope that, 
like this yeah. is better for people. Um, the other thing is like it's a four hundred pound headset. Mm. Um, like you would look at a console to last, you know, maybe four or five years, yeah, and hope that that is an existing thing. But we know from mobile phones that batteries only charge so often. Yeah, that's a and question. Eventually, of, that um, nice hands-free option, like cable-free option, is gonna turn into it's got to stay plugged in because otherwise you're yeah. not getting even I, an hour. Out I of do it. wonder how replaceable those batteries are. That is something I'm curious about. Like. I don't see nearly as sealed as your average phone would be, so maybe it is an option. Oculus has come from, like, very much the PC development community background, and I think that, like, the ability to open it up and swap out a battery is probably going to be a lot more viable than something like a, you know, your current smartphone. Yeah. Uh, Which is reassuring. I would like to do some Googling and find out if that is specifically the case and how much replacement batteries probably are. Probably hasn't come up just yet, but like... I, 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 I imagine it probably has. Like People have probably gone, how can I take this thing apart and tweak it? This shit? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I think those are my big concerns with it. But yeah, if you have if you really don't have anything else to do with 400 quid, definitely get an Oculus Quest, because yeah. they're great fun. It's great fun if, if you've got that money to throw around. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to try with it that'll hopefully improve its library a little bit is some of the software that is on SteamVR but not on Oculus Quest yet uh, that isn't cross-compatible. Um, there is seemingly a way to basically stream it to the headset if you've got a solid connection in your house, and I might try that and see if the lag's not too bad to stream stuff like, say, budget cuts. Um, I'm curious how that will work. So I've been told about that, and it's a thing I want to try. Um, I think via using big screen VR, I think, is the program, and then you use that to stream your, your desktop in. Um, but we'll find out. I need to mess around with that a bit. I'm excited. Also, yeah. the, the resolution on the Quest is really nice. Yeah. Um, Becky Tuhill. Hi, Becky. Hello. Um, best vodka aunt and wine mum cocktail ideas. Go. Ooh. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Uh, it's basically <laughs> cherry sours, blue Sirocco and lemonade. Yeah, it's... You can make it... You can make that pretty strong without it tasting at all alcoholic. Um, it is a good sweet, sugary drink to, like, to get drunk fast without tasting like you're going, at it. My top tip is always a dirty white motherfucker. Oh, yes, dirty white motherfucker. It's a shot of Metaxa, two shots of vodka, double shot of Kahlua, and you can either mix it up with coconut cream, or you can do a shot of Malibu, (laughs) or even a double shot of Malibu, and then do equal amounts milk to the previously amounts of alcohol. And Mm. it's bloody strong. It tastes like a a coffee milkshake, but it will get you drunk from the legs uh, legs upwards. (laughs) So be real fucking careful with that one. Yeah, that is on the extreme end. (laughs) Merg would like to know, you ever wonder why we're here? Um, All the time. Many Many a wandering thought about why we're here. The universe is experiencing itself through us for a brief period of time, and I'm glad it's able to do that. Yep. Is the answer I if so, I, I'm happy with at the moment. Um, I, 
It depends how stoned I am. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> it depending on what state of inebriation I'm in, I might you know go further down the rabbit hole. But uh, like generally day to day, not so much. But yeah. um, there have come times, usually yeah. times when the minute, few minutes before I was part of something much greater and bigger, and as <laughs> yes. I started to come back to myself, I think, why are we here? Yeah, I had had a sleepy car ride the other day where I, in amongst being sleepy occasionally, was like, at one point there was nothing, and then there was something, and that's the thing to wrap my head around. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't. That's the current... Well, you say that, that there are people that are postulating the fact that the universe is infinite. I know, but... It's just existed forever. That... Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's 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 the thing to wrap your head around is everything is infinite and has always been. Okay. Uh, Lucy would like to know who do you love? You. You. Um, Becky. Yeah, Becky. S- Smudge. Smudge. Um, um, my, my friends, the Sisters of Chaos. Ah, uh, uh, the the, the, the convention nerds. Yeah. I love my friends. My whirly fambles. Yeah. I love all the people who have have been nice in my life. Um, next question. Would you like a hug? Yeah. Yeah, that's a hug. Yeah. Oh, that's a good hug. No, kisses were not on the list. We'll <laughs> okay. Have to, we'll have to retract that. <laughs> We've retracted yep, the kiss. <laughs> um, also, who's a good girl? You are. Me. <laughs> And those are all the questions (gasps) Well then Time for this Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors Brochure Justice Warriors Hello Larry Larry, How are you doing? Um, Not brilliant mate Not brilliant, you're having a bit of a rough one uh, you, yeah, rough is the optimum word. There. That's all right. I'll uh, do as much of the talking as I can for us uh, this week. Well, uh, how have you been, and what have you been up to, and uh, <laughs> all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been engaging in some, uh, some, some new hobbies recently. I've uh, tried going to, uh, you know, like a sewing club, for example. Yeah. I don't know a huge amount about sewing, but I thought good place for me to learn. Good place to learn. Also, a good practical skill to have generally. Exactly, but. Uh, you know, actually, you know, I went along and I was made to feel a little unwelcome as it happens. Uh, you know, I was asking some, you know, I, I granted some sort of beginner questions because I didn't know really what I was doing. Correct thimbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a few people who were sort of, oh, you don't know what that is. You don't know what that is. But it's a beginner class. Oh, right? I know. But there are certain people who already know certain things going in and get a little bit elitist about what they know versus what you do. And it just got me thinking about the fact that... Uh, People can be a bit elitist about knowledge sometimes, like... Definitely, definitely. Yeah, like, you know, we all start off... None of us know nothing when we're born. A- anything you know, you had to learn at some point, and... Apart from respiration. Well, yeah, you, you sort of... Work, well, even that, you sort of got to get, you know... you got you got to work that out as you go a little bit. But... Yeah, everyone's got to learn something at some point, and, you know, yeah. no, no one starts off a genius at anything. Indeed. And uh, it, it can be very easy to forget that... You know, someone might learn something later than you, but that could be for a whole host of reasons. Absolutely. Uh, it could be, you know, that they just didn't realise they had an interest until later. They didn't encounter that thing until later. Yeah, it could be because they're from a different background and as such had uh, 
uh, less access to that education. Well, indeed, you know, it could be an issue of, uh, you know, that might be something that... I mean, you, you get it a lot in gaming. There's a, a yeah. lot of elitism there. A lot oh, of you didn't there. play X game back on whatever. Or you don't yeah. play all the games. So, some of the people, A, might not have been alive, and B, might have been young and not been able to, you know, pick and choose what consoles they had. Exactly. There's it is, it is elitism, you know. It, it, a lot of the time, it stems from socio-economic... Uh, factors and whatnot and it's just we need to as a society be like be be less elitist about what you know versus what other people know if someone be kind share exactly if you know when i walk into that sewing club and i don't know what size symbol to use don't don't go "Mm, you don't know what size symbol to use go oh i know that information i can help you out yeah, exactly. like, you know, use you know, it to like, be helpful rather than just shut people out. Explain what the curved needles are for, rather than you know just going, oh, you you don't know what uh, your, your leather work needles and your your, yeah. your hard working denim needles. Exactly. Now, you don't, you don't know that you you can't use that one outside of a sewing machine. Exactly. Right. Should we? Uh, you want to answer your hug? Uh, I would very much so. Very much yeah. So. Oh. 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 Let's get you that soothing cup of tea. Oh, soothing cup of tea would be lovely. Laura? Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can really tell that lozenge has kicked in in the last minute or so, (laughs) can't you? (laughs) Uh, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Please consider chucking a dollar a month or or more there if you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com. That is where all of the things that I publish end up. Uh, No matter where I post them, links will be on LauraKBuzz.com. Recent things that got posted there, uh, my review of Astral Chain, uh, Tonal Whiplash, that's a podcast I do, um, as and when I have interesting people to talk to, we do alternating serious and silly questions. We had a new episode go up this week where we interviewed Matt Thorson, um, who is one of the people who worked on Celeste and Towerfall. It's a good episode, I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of fun with that one, so check out Tonal Whiplash. Uh, We have episodes with people like um, Adam Adam Conover of Adam Ruins Everything. Uh, Who else have we had on there? I know we've had some some lovely people. We had Left at London on there. Um, Brentlefloss. Go go check that out. Um, I have a book, it's called Uncomfortable Labels. You can get it... You can get it in places where books are sold, or on laurakbuzzstore.com. You can get the audiobook. Sometimes you can get signed copies. Occasionally, and usually within under 12 hours, they all go. Or um, keep an eye out, then, on your Twitter. Yeah. Um, it is a book about being trans and on the autism spectrum. Uh, in terms of books that aren't out yet, Things I Learned From Mario's Butt is hopefully going to be out pretty soon. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I promise it's getting there. Um... Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Pixel Squirt, it is a video game porn review podcast. And uh, that's that's most of the things, I think. What about you? I can be found as Maniac Janiac on... It's gone again. <laughs> Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. Um, I'm also on uh, Badly Designated Heroes, which is a uh, Curiosity Epidemic podcast, which will soon be moving over to... Uh, uh, soundcloud.com slash janiarist magnet where you may be listening to this now yeah I didn't do the voice this week (laughs) 
Um, if you'd like to help supporting me, you can send me individual cash monies at um, paypal.me slash janemagnet. Or if you want to send me something regular, even as little as a dollar, because every dollar counts, at uh, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. All of this stuff is getting inside my brain. And thank you very much to all of my uh, Patreons. I super appreciate you all. Thank you to uh, uh, Cassiopeia Swift, Jaden, uh, X4, Anna, Zelda, Smudge, Persephone, Tortilla, Marty, Clemens, Ramesses, Liam, uh, Spooky, Scary, uh, S. Kearney, Larry Yellingman, uh, J. Logan, Conduit of, uh, of Queerness, Mage of Life, Tales of Inquiry, nice, uh, Robert Anton, Jürgen Indie Monster Weinwick Verde, uh, Conduit of Name Butchering. Uh, thank you to Kelladry. Hi, Kelladry. Uh, Kelladry was too busy stroking her cat Mitzi to think of a credits name. Well, that that's the name you've got now. Uh, thank you to Rob Beard Harding and Two Base News Back. I very much appreciate you all. Yeah. Are you going to do your bit? I'll do the bit. Until next time, be a stranger. This is your last chance to back out, out out of out of the thing. We're going into the spoiler zone. Spoiler. So, Steven Universe the movie spoilers. That was a real sweet movie. Um, it was. I I I'm really happy that they've continued down the path of dismantling Pink Diamond from her position of um perfect can do no wrong. Everyone fucking loves her and she's the best too. She was kind of a dick. Oh, more than kind of a dick. She started a war, ran away from her problems, and left cleaning up the war to be other people's problems. Abandoned the, the childhood friend. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's the big one. Like, <coughs> the villain of this... And I get that you can outgrow somebody. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, Pink Diamond is a villain for leaving... Uh, what was her name? I've completely forgotten the villain's name. Spinel. Spinel, yes. I... Here's the thing, it, leaving Spinell and moving on from her is not what made Spinell the villain. It was knowing that Spinell 100% totally trusted her and went, and didn't have the decency to say, look, this isn't working anymore, I'm going. She fucking manipulated her and went, no, it's going to be a fun game, you just stand here, and then just fucking left. Yeah, and never for came 4, back. For 4,000 years. For 4,000 years. And that's what's fucking... I love a good heartbreaking heartbreaking antagonist where it's like, yeah. you were just real fucking lonely. You were just 4,000 years of... You got I'm, broken. Yeah. 4,000 years of... I'm sure she's coming back. I'm sure there must be some explanation she wouldn't have lied to me. Yeah. And that's real fucking heartbreaking. It's... Yeah. it. Without going into spoilers for another thing you've not seen, it reminded me a lot of the antagonist of Toy Story 4. Um, another story of a female character basically just wanting to be loved and being real sad. And I can understand why she reacted the way she did. After 4,000 years of waiting to go, oh, Pink Diamond just fucking left, knowingly abandoned me here for 4,000 years to just sort of wait for her, while going and making new friends and having all these new adventures and never once thinking to go, I should probably check if Spinel's alright. Yeah, and as as people who have in the past been left behind by people, I think both of us found that very emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, how, how would I put this? Leaving without saying anything is sometimes necessary. You've got specific mm-hmm. situations like um, abusive relationships mm-hmm. and things where you just need to get away, and that's one thing. 
But that's not what this was. No. This was, this person fucking adores you, and you just don't even give them the decency of a proper goodbye and explanation. Yeah. And that's real fucking sad. Um, I thought the narrative conceit of um, the villain using a weapon to not only prevent the heroes from stopping her, but also preventing herself from having a change of heart if it was used against her, was real clever. And also it made that whole last bit work with going from, um, like, we're getting together, we're becoming friends, you've shown me the situation to, hey, wait, are you gonna just do the thing to me again? Yeah, I can understand why she was so terrified, but it was so fucking heartbreaking, that moment of, wait... Uh, yeah, like she doesn't know Stephen yeah. well enough to know that wasn't the case. No. Her moment of, were you just one? making me be your friend so that you could wipe me again, so that you could get this problem to go away and then wipe me again? Yeah, and it's oh, I'm I'm so glad that once again Stephen fixed his problems by just talking and like yeah, it, that it, is as always has been Stephen's yeah. real superpower is. Just talking through yeah. shit. Like that moment where he snaps the thing in half to go like, look, I'm uh, cards on the table, I'm not sending you back. That's yeah. not what I'm doing. NFG, this is not for me, I just have it, alright? Yeah, it's... Oh, it was so... I, I I, did not see the Stephen Gregg fusion coming. You did not see Steg. I did not see Steg. I saw it like a minute before it happened. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna fuse. And you were like, what? I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> And then uh, we had that very interesting conversation about the fact that Greg hadn't e- even managed to fuse with, with yeah, Rose. We we assumed that it wasn't possible that that Greg just couldn't fuse because like well, I, it's we've talked before. They've talked before about the fact that fusion is about love, and yeah. I think Stephen's love for his dad is much more pure than. Rose's yeah. love for pretty much anyone. Yeah. We we talked about this. Yeah, in that the thing is, is that Rose and Greg had a really lopsided relationship where, like, there was a lot they weren't open about. There was a lot that, um, a lot of distance. Um, there was a lot of lack of balance. There was, yeah, uh, Rose saw Greg as a pet versus Greg being like, you were a fucking god. Um, goddess, uh, yeah. but also an equal and somebody I, I love completely. Yeah, it's. It was. I thought it was like particularly considering what we know about Rose Pink Diamond uh, Rose now. I think it's really beautiful in hindsight that Greg wasn't able to fuse with her, but he was able to fuse with Stephen. Oh. That was really lovely. Yeah. Um, you know what else I liked in terms of fusion? I liked that we. I I know at the we start still haven't seen. Yeah. I like that we didn't see the the peridot lapis fusion that everyone wants. That I kind of want at the start of the thing. I was like. That there's that moment where it's like, oh, the only three gems who haven't had themselves reverted back to their starting state are Lapis, Peridot, and Bismuth. I'm like, okay, we're getting a fusion between one of these three, and I am up for it, I want to see it. And thinking back on it, I'm glad it didn't happen, because there's that whole episode with Par- with Peridot much earlier on in the series where she talks about not feeling ready for fusion, oh. and she's trying to do it, and it just doesn't feel right. And I'm like... I'm kind of really glad they stuck to their guns on that, and they're just like, no, that's just not a thing for Peridot. And I kind of really like that. Yeah. Um, 
I what I will say, I don't I don't think any of the musical numbers in this stood out quite as strongly as when in an episode of Steven Universe you get one dedicated song. Yeah. I think by having much m- many more songs and having them have to flow an entire narrative, I uh-huh. think the quality of the songs was a little weaker. Um so I'm trying to think what songs can I actually remember from that? I remember Sadie's song about having to put on a smile that you don't mm-hmm. want to have, um, and how capitalism sucks, because Sadie's songs were always great. Heck yeah. Um, and I remember a bit of Spinell's song from when Spinell first shows up, um, about meeting her other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Stephen's opening song that was reprised later on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that one. The it's, yeah, time has passed song. <coughs> but yeah, I. Th- I don't think there's any songs in that that I'm going to remember as strongly as a Stronger Than You, a... Um, no. Yeah, you know... But at the same time, I would buy the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, no, I have listened to the soundtrack and I've enjoyed it. It's, I don't think it's bad by any means. I think it it had to be more like that, you know, f- for the structure that it had, but... And just like Steven Universe episodes, yeah, it was... And I, I really enjoyed all their sort of incidental music. Yeah. I feel like the the series does that really, really well. And I know, I don't know if it's still the case, but you used to be able to get like all of those little incidental tracks up on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, from the original artists. Mm. And some of that stuff's brilliant because like it uses a lot of like old really chippy sounds. Yeah. And I really love that well, stuff about one it. One of my favourite things about that, and there are some YouTube videos that pick this apart really nicely, is there are certain instruments in music in the background of Steven Universe tracks that um, r- relate to who is on screen. Um, mm. Different characters in a scene will mean that different instruments are used, and I think yeah. that's just really beautiful conceptually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that movie was real sweet. Um, it really was. <laughs> uh, it... It was interesting seeing all of these characters back at square one and finding new ways to find themselves. Um, uh, it was beautiful to see that the the diamonds have um, have someone to love as yeah. much as they want to. I'm I'm glad we found some resolution to that whole finding finding someone to fill the gap left by Pink Diamond because that was never going to be Stephen. No. Um, because he is he belongs with his family. He's got his own life to be living. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it it was interesting seeing a lot of the the things that have grown since then. Like I, this has left me very much like, oh, I want another st- season of Steven Universe, please give me another well, season. I imagine we're gonna have to have the cleaning up the Earth series because that aspect wasn't resolved at the end yeah, of the film. Yeah, yeah, a lot of destroy the Earth goo got. Sent into the all, earth. All, all of the destroy the earth go. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? How long until biological destruction? It's fine. Stephen's gonna kiss <laughs> the earth better. Uh, yeah. He gonna kiss the whole earth better. I guess so. Yeah. Just one so. real big kiss. Just a lot of chewing gum and just start just gobbing everywhere. <laughs> uh, I think that's how gonna be how it's gonna be. Uh, but yeah, I. I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, but if, if you're listening to this, you probably know that. Yeah, <laughs> if you're invested enough in Steven Universe to be like halfway up to date, just like catch up and watch the movie. It's Definitely. great. Steven Universe continues to be a really lovely show that I wish was more consistent in its publishing schedule. Mm-hmm. Like not even frequent, just reliable. Let's have more shows about love and communication. <laughs> Indeed. 
I, uh... I, I, after watching that movie, I just want to write a shit ton about Steven Universe. I've pitched, like, a bunch of things about that show recently. I'm very hype. Yeah, hopefully I'll get to write them. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. And Until next time, again. Continue being a stranger. Yeah. Mm.